Take your Bible, if you would, please, this morning, as I asked you again to be attentive today to the Word of God for just a few moments. Let's stand together as we honor the King James Bible this morning. If you don't have a King James Bible and you can't afford one, we'll be happy to do our best to get you one. And uh, we have some gift Bibles at times. If you'll promise to read it and bring it with you to church, I'm sure we can work that out sometime. Need to get you a King James Bible. Amen. Uh, Chapter number two of the book of Romans, please. Romans chapter number two. And I want to begin reading today at verse number one and read a few verses here. Romans chapter two and verse number one. The Bible says, Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself, for thou judgest, doest the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them that do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness, and forbearance, and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? But after thy hardness and empty heart, Treasures up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteousness judgment of God who will render to every man according to his deeds. To them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the Jew first and also the Gentile, but glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Verse 11, for there is no respect of persons with God. May I give you that in another way of saying it? The ground is level at the foot of the cross. What that means is today, no matter who you are, or where you come from, or what you've done, that the ground is level at the foot of the cross. That means no matter how rich you are, how poor you are, what color your skin is, what stance you have in life's economy, understand that the ground is level at the foot of the cross. And I'm glad Jesus died for everybody. And I want to say this day, you are in a whosoever will gospel preaching church today. Amen. I want to deal a little bit today with a word you find often that I just read in Romans 2. The Bible talks about judgment and judging. And I want to look at that just a little bit today and talk about God's righteousness and God's judgment. And I trust today that God will help us. I spent several hours preparing for both messages today, and I really never felt like this ran together for me like I wanted, but I just could not get away from it. And so I just kept on and saying, God, there's something here, and you'll just have to make sure somehow I bring it out. So I pray that God will help us today, and I know that He will. Amen. Father, Thank you for what we've already felt in this service. 
We've already been blessed. Thank you, God, for our bus captains that diligently, faithfully worked hard this morning. Lord, there's not any losers when it comes to bringing people to Christ. Thank you for them. Thank you, God, today for uh, Brother Kevin and all of his family that stood here and sung for us today. And thank you for these young ladies who get to be raised in an old-fashioned church. Thank you, God, for Brother James and the choir, for Brother Paquette uh, as they work and preach right now in the Spanish ministry. Thank you, God, for Brother Justin as he preaches to our children. Lord, thank you, God, today for Brother Dalton and for Brother Russell as they're out today preaching in pulpits. Uh, Lord, as missionaries right here out of Calvary Baptist Church. But Lord, I ask you right now for just a moment to give me a space of grace and to give me, Lord, the words that I need to say. Lord, though I may be hindered physically, Lord, touch my spirit and help me to preach today what thus saith the Lord. And I'll thank you for all you do, for we ask it in Christ's name. And all of God's people said, you can be seated. Thank you so much for standing. Here's that time now, 24 minutes to 12. And I want to say this to you, according to my watch anyway. And I want to say this to you. I want you to give me your undivided attention for those few moments. I want you to think about the righteous judge of God. I want you to think about today the judgment of God and God's righteousness. It is said in Romans chapter 1 verses 24 through 32, you see a reenactment of the story of the prodigal son in the lives of the Gentiles. But it's also said in Romans 2, 1 through 16, you see a reenactment of the story of the prodigal son's elder brother in the life of the Jews. No doubt God is going to deal with the lost and God is going to deal with the saved. As you look here in Romans, Romans is one of the greatest books of the Bible that distinguishes the allegory between works and grace. And understand God wants us to know that there's a great difference between works and the grace of God. And friend, I want you to understand today, you will never be good enough to go to heaven. You will never do anything good enough to attain God's heaven. But friend, today it is all in through and by the grace of God and what God did for us on the cross of Calvary. I want to say first of all this morning that there is no excuse for rejecting God's righteousness. There is no excuse. The Bible says that God will judge. As you look at chapter 2 and verse number 1, the Bible says that we are inexcusable. In other words, there is not one excuse that a sinner or that a saint will have when we stand before the righteous judge. We live in a day to day and I was reading somewhat of this paradox about what's going on in our day but we were I was reading today and thinking a little bit today about how that in the courts of our land everybody says well they have an excuse for what they did or, or they have an excuse for the way
way they are. Some say they have an excuse because of the way they were raised. Or they have an excuse because of what they've been around. But the Bible says that there with God is no excuse. In other words, we will not be able to plead a case before God and have any excuse whatsoever. The Bible says, Thou art inexcusable, O man. Whosoever thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. Let me just say this without getting far into this, but I want you to understand that when it comes to your life, make sure that you are right with God. Make sure before you look at others and say, certainly the way they're living, they can't be right with God. Or certainly what they're doing, they can't be right with God. Friend, the Bible says be careful about that. Make sure that you deal with your life and you deal with your sin. And friend, I want to say this today, without a shadow of a doubt, God will separate the wheat and the tares. God will take care of it in the end. Uh, you and I are just to share the gospel and get the seed out of the storehouse. I want to say today that God will judge all those who despise his light. The Bible said Jesus was the light of the world. Each person will be judged according to his own performance. Each person will be judged according to their own person. There is no escape. Now, I want you to understand something here, and I don't have time to go into a complete study of every verse in line, but I want you to understand that judging other sins will not bring you escape from having to deal with God judging your sin. I'll say that again. Judging other sins will not make you inexcusable. You say, but preacher, look what they're doing or look the way they're living or look at the life they have. Let me say this to you today, friend. When you stand before a holy God, you can't look at God and say, I was better than Brother James or I was better than Brother Crabtree or I did better than so-and-so. The Bible says we all must give an account unto God. We all must give an account not only of our soul but of our stew. We all must give an account unto the Lord. There will be no excuses in the courtroom of God and the judgment hall of God. There will be no excuses. There will be no one that can stand there and can say, as you read in verse 3, O man, that they judges them which do such things, and do us the same. Thou shalt escape the judgment of God. Listen, here's what he's trying to say to the people of God of that day. He's saying, look, there was a time in your life you weren't doing right either. There was a time in your life when you were messed up too. And I want to say to every one of you here today that have never been saved, I'm not here to condemn you today. I'm not, listen, now listen, I can't condemn you anyway. I'm not the judge. I'm not here today to tell you uh, today that I'm here so that I can condemn you. Friend, listen, if it were not for the grace of God if it were not for the goodness of God and if it were not for the things God's done I would also myself be in the devil's hell but I'm glad God had mercy and God saved me and God changed me and if God did it for me God can do it for you Amen Today if a yellow bus picked you up on the side of a road or if you drove your car in Today, if you're here for the first time, 
Today, if your life is a mess, today, if you're needing something from heaven, I want you to know God is no respecter of persons. I want you to know that the ground is level at the foot of the cross. You know what I'm glad of? I'm glad, thank God, it don't matter if you're standing in line in Sheets or in line at Walmart or if you walked in the house of God with your suit on. Friend, you still got to be born again. You still got to be saved by the grace of God and know that you're on your way to heaven. There is no excuse. Amen. I want you to know today that God will judge Judging others' sins will not bring escape. Second of all, watch this. Justifying your own sin will not bring excuse. Well, preacher, I'm the way I am because our modern day society has a reason why everybody is, and it's not good English, but it'll preach, why everybody is the way they are. I want you to understand today in our society, it seems like that everyone has a reason. Well, this guy murdered somebody because his daddy wasn't good to him when he was growing up. Or this person's on drugs because 14 generations ago, grandma was on drugs. Or, or, or listen, the maniac of Gadara was cutting himself because evidently somebody in his past had a problem with case knives. Every talk show's built around it. Every psychology session is built around the past. When I went to the doctor and I was dealing uh, with a little bit of, uh, of oppression, depression years ago, the first thing the doctors ask is, tell me about your childhood. Can I tell you something right now? I don't want you to get a hold of what I'm getting ready to say. The reason we do what we do and the reason we do like we do and the reason we are like we are is because of one thing. Friend, we are sinners and lost without God and our only hope is the Lord Jesus Christ and there is no other hope apart from Him. But see, one day you will not stand before me. Because I'm going to be honest, there'll be days that you'll do better than I do. There'll be days that I will do better than you do but you will not stand before me. You will not stand before a Sunday school teacher or a worker, but one day you'll walk into the courtroom of God and that judge has no favorites. That judge has no loopholes. There are no plea bargains. That judge says, Here's the record. And if your name is not recorded in the Lamb's book of life, then hell eternally without God will be your home. Not because of what you've done, but because of who you are. A man will not go to hell because he drank beer. He will not go to hell because he used profanity. He will not go to hell because of some deed. He will go to hell because he's a sinner. And sinners have to be saved by the grace of God. For you see, there'll be some people that will not go to heaven that have never drank an ounce of alcohol. 
or ever know what drugs even look like apart from Tylenol. There will be some people that will not go to heaven that'll help an old lady across the street and will give food out at Thanksgiving to the hungry. But when they stand before the righteous judge, the judge of all the world, there is only one plea. I guess it was a bargain, but there's only one plea. And that plea is, I plead the blood. We have to admit that we are guilty before a righteous judge. No excuses. Preacher, you'd be the way I am too. If you were raised like I was raised, friend, I'm not demeaning that. I'm telling you I'm sorry. But I'm telling you that will not stand before God. There is no excuse for rejecting God's righteousness. Second of all, there is no excuse or no, excuse me, no escape for rejecting God's righteousness. Matter of fact, that goes for those that are saved and unsaved. If you look back in your Bible, the Bible says on down in our scripture, the Bible says to them who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality eternal life, but also unto them contentious and do not obey the truth. In other words, what God has given us in these three or four verses in verses 8 through 10, here's what he's saying. He's saying it don't matter if you're a Christian or if you're unsaved or you're doing this and doing that. Everybody's got to stand before the judge. If you're a Bible student, you know much about eschatology. There are two judgments coming. One of those judgments we refer to as the Bema Seat of Christ. That's the judgment bar of Christ where those of us that are saved by the grace of God will be looked at and judged by those things that we've done in our body as a Christian. And I'm going to tell you this, dear friend. It may not mean a whole lot to you and I right now, but one day when we stand before a God that gave His Son and a Son that's got the scars and all of heaven that sing His glory and knows what He did for you and I, the last thing you and I would ever want is to stand before a God like that and not have something to lay at His feet as a child of God. I don't want to stand before my Savior empty-handed. That's the judgment seat of Christ. Second of all, what we know is the great white throne judgment. That judgment is when God will stand as the lost of all ages from this service today, from years gone by, from the grave. All will come before Him and they will be cast into a lake of fire. No excuses. Not blaming anybody else when it was their fault. It was her fault. Can I say this to you today? Friend, understand that will not hold up in the courtroom of God. I know it might hold up in our court today. We might can even plead insanity in our day and try to get away from what we've done. But friend, there'll be no insanity plea with God. And I do want to say this. Only thing insane is, is dying without Jesus. I'd be ashamed. But friend, you don't have to die without Christ today. You can be saved and born again and washed in the blood of the Lamb of God. Amen. 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 There is no escape for rejecting God's righteousness. Daniel Webster 
In answer to the question, the writer of Webster's Dictionary, the author was asked, what is the greatest thought you've ever had enter your mind? And he said without hesitation, my responsibility to my maker. William Newell said these words, we must meet God and that yes, he is not as we might wish him to be. If we have Christ, we have already met him. If we have not Christ, we have still to face God in his infinite holiness and that arrayed against us at the judgment day. If we've met Christ, we've already met God. But if we reject him, turn our back to him, then we will face eternal punishment. I want you to understand today, every person in this room, Miss Amy, every person in this room must, Brother Crabtree, give an account before the judge of all the earth. Every single person here today. How many of you have ever been in a courtroom? Slip up your hand if you have. That's probably most of us. Most of either jury duty or some of us were trouble or whatever, but you've been there, right? Now listen to me. There's one thing that you're always asked when the judge comes in. Mr. So-and-so, Miss So-and-so, how do you plead? I got to thinking about that this morning while I was studying the message. And I got to thinking one day, Miss Janet, I'll walk in that courtroom as guilty as anybody could ever be. Matter of fact, I've already done it. I walked into that courtroom and I've said, God, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. You got to understand, there's not a preacher preaching to you today that thinks he's better than you. I ought to be in hell, lost without God, no hope. I was guilty. And that judge will say to me, how do you plead? And I'll say, your honor, I plead the blood. I plead the blood. And when I say I plead the blood, you know what he'll say? What sin are you talking about? For when he sees me, he does not see me for what I was. Hallelujah. He does not see me for what I've done. He does not see me for how bad I've been. But when he sees me, he sees the blood of his own dear son that washed me and cleansed me. You know what that means today? Come here, sweetie. That means a little lady can walk in here like this. Life wrecked by sin. A world tough to live in. And she can walk in here and be washed in the red blood of Calvary. And be as white as snow. And in God's eyes, 
God look at her and say, what sin? What sin? It's like some of you got saved here in the last few weeks. What sin? Thank you, darling. What sin? What sin? But I want you to watch this. Stand up, Miss Danielle. This young lady's 22 years of age, and my daughter, all she's ever known is church. Been in it all her life. You know what plea she'll have to make before him? The same plea my little sweetheart had to make right here. She won't go to heaven because daddy's a preacher. She won't go to heaven because we've had her in church all her life. She won't go to heaven because Miss Weenie's her mama. Only way she'll go to heaven is she'll say, God, I'm guilty and I plead the blood. It's the blood, friend, that saves. Let's say today, We walk into the courtroom and the judge hits his gavel and says, ma'am, sir, stand up. How do you plead? Do you know you're going to heaven today? If you don't, you need to get it settled, not tomorrow. But you need to get it settled right now. Because right now, the blood still applies. Right now, grace and mercy still available. And you can still plead the blood. Child of God, how often do you think about the Bema seat? One day when you'll stand before the Jesus that saved you, changed you. The Jesus that gave you hope and gave his life. What are you going to have to offer? What have we done for him? Are we going to plead, well, Lord, I did a little more than Brother John. Lord, I tell you what I did. I took mine out in the field and I hit it because I knew you'd be back. Or did you do something with it? I don't know about you, but I want to do something with what God gave me. Amen. Just stand to your feet, every head bowed, every eye closed. Preacher didn't lie to you, did he? 24 minutes. With every head bowed this morning, every eye closed, would you do me a favor? Would you just not even, I want you just to bow your head, forget anybody else is here but you. Just bow your head just a moment. I wonder how many of you this morning would say, Preacher, I know that I know that if I stood before a holy God today as my judge, that I've made things right with the Lord, that I'm saved, that I'm washed in the blood, that I can plead the blood, I'm going to heaven, not because of what I've done, preacher, but I'm going to heaven because of what Jesus did and I know I'm saved, I have no reservation. How many of you slip out of hand toward heaven? is a testimony to the good grace of God.
you can put it down. If you'd be here today and say, preacher, I could not raise my hand. I don't know for sure today I'd go to heaven if I died. Preacher, I don't know for sure. But preacher, I know I don't want to go to hell. And there's one thing for sure. I know I'm a sinner. I know I need Christ. Would you pray for me? I want if you just slip your hand up. I'm not coming to you to embarrass you. I just simply want to pray for you today. Thank you, buddy. You've listened really intent. You can put your hand down. Thank you for your honesty, man. That means a lot to me. Thank you for listening. Someone else today. Preacher, if I die, thank you, sweetheart, for your honesty. I don't know for sure that I'm saved. What about you, ma'am? Thank you for your honesty. What about you, sir? Thank you for your honesty. I'm saying to you today, you don't have to go to hell. You don't have to die without Jesus. He paid it all. Someone else this morning, real quickly, slip it up. Preacher, pray for me. If I die today, I don't have assurance I go to heaven. Preacher, I don't want to go to hell. I know I'm a sinner. Would you pray for me? I want someone else to slip that hand up real high. Thank you, sir. Someone else slip it up real high. Real high. Thank you, buddy. What about it, ma'am? Couldn't raise your hand that you're saved. I wouldn't go to hell for nothing. I wouldn't. What if this was the only service you had a chance? What if God never called on you again and this was it? I wouldn't go to hell for nothing. Hallelujah, Miss Elizabeth. Take the Word of God. That's it. Let her do it, Miss Janet. I like it. <laughs> Praise God. Soul winners win soul winners. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Think about that, devil. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Shh. Glory! I wonder today if you're here and you're saved, you say, preacher, I know I'm born again, washed in the blood. I know I'm on my way to heaven. I don't have a doubt about it. But preacher, I'd be totally honest with you. I wouldn't want to be at that beam of seat tomorrow. There's some things I need to get straightened out. I was watching a football game last night and North Carolina Tar Heels football team had won a game and they were interviewing a young man after the game was over they made comments all through the game, even though Carolina's probably going to win the game. They said, boy, they got a lot of things they need to clean up because they're making a lot of mistakes. And that young man in his interview had no idea what the commentators had said. But he said, yeah, we played all right. He said, but just to be honest, we got a whole lot of things we need to clean up if we're going to be any better. Well, I heard that statement. I got to thinking, one of what things in our life we got to clean up before we get to that beam of seat. Child of God, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't grab onto that seat. I wouldn't worry about what's going on in that service. If I'm born again and I know one day I'm going to be at the beam of seat, I come and tell the Lord, make my life count. Make something good for God. Lord, forgive me when I fail you. I'll tell you what, I'm convinced in every church service in America, if God's people would do right, I'm convinced that folks that need the Lord would follow in the footsteps of Christians saying, I want to do right. Brother James is going to sing. Young man, you slipped your hand up, said you need the Lord. Boy, I watched you. You listened so intent that entire service. Jesus can change your life today, man, if you let him. 
I've seen others of you slip your hand up. Christians, if you need to come, if you need to come, don't you listen. You know your heart and God knows your heart. There's something between you and the Lord you need to talk about while Brother James is singing. You mind the Lord. Would you mind the Lord? Son, can we show you how to get saved today? Can we do it? Come on, buddy. Brother Justin, come on. Amen. Come here just a minute, partner. What's your name? Brother Justin, he listened to me word for word. I believe God's changed his life today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What about it, child of God? Would you want to be at the Bema seat tomorrow the way you're living today? Would you want to be at the Bema seat tomorrow the way you're living today? And we very well could be. I'm convinced that God is stirring a revival among some young people in our community. I'm convinced of it. I'm convinced of it. Sometimes I see more of a burden from people that don't have any relationship with anybody who even knows God than I do some of us that have it every day. That scares me. Hallelujah, Jesus. For nothing good have I where Can I ask you one other question if I could? I wonder if someone here today would say, Preacher, there's somebody. Why are you preaching that message is on my heart? I want to pray for them, preacher. I want to see them give their life to Christ. They may not even be here today, but they've been on your heart. They've been on your heart. I wonder today if you'd like to slip out and pray for them. Maybe they've been on your heart. While I was preaching, you know you're going to heaven, but maybe somebody's been on your heart. Brother Michael, Miss Gabrielle got somebody on theirs. Sister White and fam got somebody on theirs. I'm talking about just somebody's on your heart. You don't have to do it for me, but if somebody's on your heart, you just want to pray for them. Just want to pray for them. Just come on. Stand in the gap for them. What's your name, sweetheart? What is it? years old. She just asked Lord Jesus come in her heart this morning. I say glory to God. Oh, by the way, she was led to Christ by another bus kid. Oh, preacher, let me tell you something, buddy. They're searching. They're looking for something. 
They're tired of stepping over drunk daddies and mamas. They're tired of drugs. They're tired of people being shot and hurt. I'm telling you, this place is a hospital for sinners. And when we get to the place, then the souls of children don't mean nothing to us. We need to shut our doors and go to the house, buddy. I'm telling you, there's a world out here that needs God. We don't get them now when the world's going to happen. Hallelujah. You know what? There's a few of you. Hey, man, Brother Justin. Boy, I tell you what, I appreciate him listening to the Lord today. Amen. Amen. Tell me his first name again. Darius. Darius, you asked the Lord to save you today, buddy. How old are you? 16 years old. Man, I appreciate how you listen. You sit there and listen to every word. Aren't you glad to know you can go to heaven? Amen, Darius. Who'd you come to church with? Would you ride Miss Danny come with you or Miss Janet? Just rode the bus today? Come with you guys. Won't you come up here and just shake his hand, Alex? Tell him you're glad he got saved. Darius, hallelujah, son. I'm glad you got in. 16 years old. 16 years old. Hallelujah. Thank God for grace and mercy. You take it from your pastor's been doing this for 31 years. When I'm preaching and somebody's got their eyes set on me and ain't nobody in this building but God, the Holy Ghost, and I see them move to that altar, I say, devil, how you like that, buddy? Amen. Because I tell you right now, he's in the saving business. We don't have a bus kid saved at Calvary than somebody else. We have sinners saved at Calvary. That's the only people need God. Sinners need to be saved and converted. Whether they're 16 or 66, need to be saved. Amen. By the way, you're a lot more tender when you're young. You get older, you get hard-hearted. You know what? God's still dealing with somebody, preacher. He's dealing with a couple adults in here because I've watched you squirming about as bad as an old tomcat trying to get his, trying to get his tail out and getting run over by a rocker. There's a few of you under conviction. I know you are. You're under conviction. You're thinking, man, if I can just get out of here. Well, you got one of them old mean, baddest preachers just don't want to let you go. Because he loves you too much to see you go to hell. Amen. I tell you what I'm going to do, though. Tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to get Brother James to sing one more verse. If he sings one more verse, I'm going to give you a chance to come down here and say, preacher, I want to get my life right. Boy, isn't that good? Give you one more chance. Preach, I want to get my life right with God. You might be a Christian here today. Been a while since you've been in church. You know you ain't where you need to be with God. You know you ain't where you need to be with God. Maybe you're back today and think, boy, it's about time I got back in church. It's time I got back faithful. Boy, I used to be so faithful to God. It's about time I got back. We're going to sing one other verse. If you want to come, this verse will be for you. You just mind the Lord. You just mind the Lord. Boy, ain't it good God's given you one more verse. Boy, isn't God good? I'm glad Darius and Miss Emily got saved. I thank God for that. But God's given you one more verse. Ma'am, what about you, sir? What about you? God can change your life today. You know what I'm encouraged about, Calvary? I'm encouraged about the wooing of the Holy Ghost. But if you preach this Bible, God will honor this Bible. God will honor this Word. Amen. This ain't no emotional trip. It's truth. 
Holy Ghost said one more verse. I'm going to go one more. One more. Who's coming? And when before Boy, isn't God good? Amen, ma'am. Hallelujah. Miss Sellers, you going to go another... Miss Sandy, you're going to Jesus pray with her. Miss Dana, pray with her. Hallelujah. Amen. Let them ladies pray with you, ma'am, right there. Yes, glory to God. Got one more verse for you. One more verse for you. Who else needs to come? Who else needs to come? Ma'am, sir, God's a deal with you, isn't he? I know he is. And I know he is. Because he's telling me to keep her going for just a minute. I ain't about me putting no notches on no belt. I'm not interested in leaving out of here and getting on brag book and telling everybody stuff. That's not what I'm about. I just want people to go to heaven. Praise God. Listen, I'll give God all the glory. I'll give him all the praise. Honey, I'll go home my family sit down and get back and preach the word of God again tonight. I don't need a pat on the back. I just want you to go to heaven. Amen. Praise God. If you knew how good it is to be saved, you'd be running up here. Ain't nothing better than being saved. I said ain't nothing better than being saved. I said ain't nothing better than being saved. Hallelujah. I can't stop. God says stop. Sing a little verse. Praise God. I ain't in control. Thank God for that. Anybody else? Anybody else? Boy, isn't God good to give you another verse? He's good. The Bible talks about in that scripture I read, God's long-suffering leading you to repentance. Most churches ain't long-suffering. They start at 11 o'clock sharp and end at 12 o'clock dull. Hallelujah to Jesus. Stay. He washed it.